Welcome to the Allied Advantage, brought to you by Allied Nutrition. Our mission is to provide quality products, consistently made and delivered with the superior customer service and integrity that you desire and deserve. Tag along with your hosts, Ralston Rip and Jefferson Keller, as we gain knowledge, visit with industry experts from across the Midwest, and continue to share your stories. We are here to be your partner in production and success. The Allied Advantage. Welcome back to the Allied Advantage. Back to our regular scheduled traditional Allied episodes. Um, this is episode four, but it's just our second episode of really talking about relevant industry topics, what's happening out in the field, and um, really providing an educational episode just to help our listeners, our customers, our producers, our fellow agriculturalists kind of keep up to date with what's happening and what they should be watching for. But Jefferson, how are you? What you been up to? You know, how's it's definitely a busy time in, in our space for sure. That is uh, that is an understatement, I think. Uh, I'm doing well, though. Uh, awfully busy, both uh, with work and some stuff going on outside of work at home, you know, with cows and getting sale calves ready and whatnot. It's keeping me, uh, keeping me plenty busy. Uh, but I think, you know, when you talk about our industry in general, um, whether you're just talking about livestock and the feed business or ag as a whole, uh, it is a busy season, right? There's a lot of things going on, and uh, I'm really excited about our episode today uh, that we'll that we'll roll out this week and the guests that we've got with us. Uh, I think there's going to be some great information uh, that is really relevant and really pertinent to what guys are going to be uh, gearing up for here over the next three to four months. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. I get along with him well. We we have a lot of fun and have plenty of laughs. But uh, I think it's going to be an awfully good episode that I'm excited about and. You know, we'll get into that a little bit more later on, but uh, no, things are going well, and like I said, just trying to trying to get everything done the best we can and stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, right. I know. Um, we're here in central Nebraska getting to record this episode, and a lot of guys are uh, trucking corn, picking corn, got done picking beans, you know. They've drilled wheat, or they're drilling rye, and... Um, a lot of traffic and we even saw some cows out on stocks on our way here too. Um, guys are really eager to, you know, get cows off grass if their grass is short or they're running off, um, out of some feed sources out on summer grass and they're really turning into their winter forage. And, um, I know personally we just weaned calves this last weekend and, um, the weather's kind of been wild too, right? We're getting some colder temperatures and we're a little nervous about that, but, um, the sun comes out in the middle of the day and it was a great weekend to wean calves and, um, excited to, to get them on some feed and see what happens. I'm excited that it's finally started to act like fall. Yeah. That was that (laughs) week, 10 days ago, we were back in the nineties and that is not okay with me. It is way too late in the year for that. Uh, so I've enjoyed this kind of cool off. Uh, I think it's going to do a lot of good for everybody, people in livestock included. And like you said, it's on our drive over here, my drive in particular, uh, we've seen some cows on stocks and it's, it is that season where yeah. guys are really getting anxious. And I know there's some areas within our trade territory that have been pretty fortunate with moisture. Uh, but there's also some areas that have not been blessed the same way. And, you know, those guys that are 
maybe have been dry lotting cows, yeah. they're itching to get those things out yeah. to stocks. And uh, that's really kind of the basis of the conversation we're going to have here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, things are moving. Um, you know, my location there in St. Paul, uh, we've got an elevator right behind us. So truck traffic mm-hmm. has been wild yeah. uh, nonstop every day. Uh, watching those guys bring grain to town and uh, there's a lot of moving pieces in the industry right now and you know trying to get everything done is a challenge because the days are getting shorter and uh, we're losing daylight fast but uh, everybody's working as hard as they can to to get things done yeah that time change is coming coming pretty quick here and winter weather or fall weather I love fall so I'm I'm not gonna get ahead of ourselves here we're gonna enjoy fall but you even hit on, you know, like geographically across even wherever you might be from, wherever you're listening from, or just even where we have locations. I had a customer talk about they're going to keep, they got plenty of grass out west where they keep their cows that they got grass till the end of November. And they're pretty excited about that. And I was like, that is like, that is pretty exciting to not rush through those resources, but really be able to utilize them. And I think that brings up a great point. You know, we are excited to talk about different supplements that we could provide this kind of the cooler seasons we'll just say or transition seasons and I think that brings up a great point you know Jefferson what are we going to talk about today uh, you just hit it exactly on the nose and that's winter winter range supplementation yep. and particularly low moisture block tubs yeah uh, whether it's um, you know the product line from Smartlick who, who are we a who we are a distributor for um, we're going to have Shea Barber on with us from smart lick and new gen supplements or you go the route of our allied nutrition tubs yep. uh, that are also manufactured by new gen we've got a great lineup uh, across both uh, pieces there that really can be tailored to your needs and we've got a product that you know whether you're just trying to supplement some protein with cows on stocks or you know guys we need to look and trying to build condition because grass was short and we let our cows get too thin we've got some high energy tubs yep. that are going to be great a great resource for that scenario as well. And like you said, the goal of this podcast when we kind of thought it up and, and got it started was bringing you relevant information that you can use right now. And no time like the present to be talking about protein supplementation here going into this fall winter season uh, with guys and, and getting their cow herd set up for success. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of a great connecting the dots back to our episode. Um, I believe our second episode there with our Zen Pro partner, Miss Janice Wolfinger, and we talked about just the question of utilizing tubs, right? And so I'll just, I'll just foreshadow there's some fun tips of just how to place those tubs even or how to use them and kind of what are, what are out there for some options. So I guess without further ado, let's go ahead and turn it to our guest for this week, Mr. Shea Barber with New Generation Supplements. All right, everybody, I'm awfully excited to go ahead and introduce our guest for uh, episode four here. Uh, and somebody that uh, I work with awfully closely, I have a great relationship with, and uh, enjoy our partnership uh, of our two companies and being able to work with him uh, this week. We've got Shea Barber with us from New Generation Supplements. So, Shay, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on yourself, uh, where you're from, where you live, kind of the area you cover and your story on how you got to where you are today appreciate it man thanks for uh thanks for having me out and having an opportunity to come in and talk about new gen supplements and our products our company um how we help you as a company um as uh to grow in the low moisture block business um so you know back when this company started in 1997 
there's very few companies out there. And so um, new gen really took a new generation supplements really took a, a, a path line or a direct line into, you know, what do we need to do to set ourselves apart from the, from other competitors out there. And so it was something that they put a lot of investment into from a research standpoint and looking at technologies that would improve production, improve quality. So that started in 97. Um, so back in 2004, a little bit about my background, um, I didn't grow up on a farm. My grandfather had a farm on my mother's side down on the panhandle of Texas, and that is like the way that I cut my teeth. We were building the fence, killing rattlesnakes and bar ditches, um, you name it. I mean, it was all – that's what we did in the summer. You know, some kids go do on trips, but we went to the farm in the summer, and it was stuff that I truly appreciate, and it's what got me interested in wanting to become uh, more involved in the ag business. Uh, my mom moved up to uh, to where they live today, which is in Raymore, Missouri, and that's where I live myself. I'm about a mile and a half from them. Um, it's south Kansas City, west central Missouri. It's ba- basically a suburb of Kansas City, so not a lot of, you know, cows around that area. But, you know, it's funny because we do still have a bean field just south, and so, you know, get to take kids out to friends' farms that have cattle, and that's that's a fun part for me. But uh, I digress. So back in 2004, when I graduated with an ag business degree uh, from Central Missouri State, which is now U- University of Central Missouri, I was lost, man. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And a buddy of mine, his former boss was like, hey, call this guy. He runs a distribution business out of Kansas City. I'm like, that could be cool. You know, feed distribution. That's that's all right. Well, one of the lines that they repped was New Generation Supplements, Smart Lick line of products. And so I started with them in 2004, um, had some very, had some really good um, interactions with their sales team, some of the upper management, uh, great product to have on the market. And so it just kind of kept on on proceeding, progressing. Uh, I left there in, in, I think, 2008. Uh, took a job with uh, with another company and basically in the agronomy and and animal health side. Well, I got tired of sitting in an office. I enjoyed being out and repping some products, and so <clears throat> got my name out there with some folks. And it was great because I got a call from this headhunter, and he's like, "Hey, there's an opportunity here." And so he starts describing this company, and I'm like, "Who is this? This sounds awful yep. familiar." Well, it was new generation feeds or new generation supplements. And so uh, it was it was just kind of surreal. So the gentleman that hired me was, was a sales manager at the time that I had some background with. Well, ironically, I was replacing the sales rep that I was <laughs> that I had ridden with. with. Yeah, so it was kind of fun to, to jump back in that role. So uh, that happened in December 2009. I've been with them since. Uh, seen a lot of changes in the industry, obviously. Uh, but, you know, Gen- NewGen continues to grow as a company, uh, developing different products. You know, in 2015, I believe we relaunched our horse lick lineup of products, um, you know, continue to grow our flax line of products. And so those are things that we can talk about later. But, um, yeah, it's just it's been a it's been a fun deal. We still live in town. Kids are involved in, in lots of things. And, um, of course, I'm out traveling dang near every week and working shows and working with guys like yourself and gals like Ralston. You bet. And you hit on a couple of things there that I think, uh, you know, are stuff that uh, Ralston and I have both talked about on multiple occasions. The first being uh, kind of your journey on how you landed with New Gen and really 
you know, the relationships you had and making it come full circle, uh, similar to kind of our story on how we ended up where we're at today. Right. Right. Uh, the other thing you hit on just a little bit there that I want to get into more, and I know you're excited to talk about, is the research-driven piece of your business, right? right? Yeah. And that's one thing as, you know, an individual myself that has used about every option out there over the course of the time I've raised cattle, uh, I appreciate about your company. Uh, it's something that you can stand behind your products, right? They're proven, Absolutely. they're tested, yep. uh, along with, you know, just the consistency and the quality of the right. product. So. What are some of the pieces of data, you know, like that you have really honed in on or that your company is focused on and are, are proud to kind of tout? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a bunch of different research projects that NewGen started when they, when they were, you know, in, kind of in the inception of the company. But what they did, I think, was unique from, from other outfits was they wanted to align themselves with a university that had facilities for them to do research we could do um we could take a control group that was fed exactly the same as this group manage them exactly the same be in the same environmental conditions which is something that you don't always get especially when you look at year to year so having a university that was able to do that but also the staff which is a huge piece of that research component having people to actually go through digress all that information look at the data put it into a form where we could understand it and right. actually see if we had a success or a failure not all things, not all research projects are, are successes. That's the point There's, of doing the research. That's the right? point of doing the research, right? So you get to that point, and so you know when that when that took place, when that happened, I think that was a big feather in the hat. Was they were using KSU's Kansas State University's beef research unit, um, aligned themselves with a, a professor out there that had really some unique ideas about the low moisture block business and how that technology could be incorporated into a tub, what products could and what products could not. But also looking at alternative ingredients, alternative ways of manufacturing that could either lower the cost or improve performance or not get the performance that we needed. And so those are things that they really did their due diligence on how I feel is, is going through and disseminating all those different ingredients. And we're doing some of that today. And we're doing more um, looking at other technologies, possibly looking at, um, looking at different projects and how that's going to affect the cow um, the room and, you know, horses to some extent. <clears throat> so part of that was, you know, the initial performance data that we got on feeding protein and low quality diets. And that was really the, the eye opener was how can really three quarters of a pound do a, a significant job in the room. And that's really what we're following is going after that room and it's improving that in organic matter intake, um, getting more energy into the cow with, you know, a small amount of feed and, and lowering, keeping that cost per head per day component down. And that was significant. You know, it, it increased the organic matter intake 33%. I mean, that was, that was significant. Uh, when you look at the diets around, particularly around the Midwest, um, I, I live in Missouri, right? I'm just blessed with fescue hay and fescue grass. You bet. It's just a wonderful diet, right? <laughs> I mean, cows, no. It's tough. You know, it gets droughty. Uh, it's, it, the thing about it is that it's hardy, so it always grows, it seems like. You see it growing in the rocks and, you know, the Lake of the Ozarks area, so it's something that you know is going to thrive. But the problem is is that it has a very short window of high quality. Yep. And typically when it's baled, when you want the most tonnage, that's typically when it's pretty low quality and so feeding that product and feeding you know 
a, a small protein amount uh, multiple times a day, getting it into the rumen of the cow and breaking down forage uh, is, is is crucial. The same can be exactly said about, you know, corn stalks and how corn stalks can be either fed through a bale feeder, through a processor, or leaving it out in the stock field. Having that that degradable protein, having that energy that comes from the molasses out of the product, um, having a good trace mineral package to also complement keeping those bugs in the gut of the animal thriving and functioning uh, is huge when you look at low-quality diets. And to that point, you know, when we talk about corn stock grazing and how how they've bred these corn stalks throughout the year to be, one, more high, more vigorous, especially when you look at stock quality, uh, leaf content. You look at the leaves on some of these on some of these corn plants; they're huge, and there is a lot of cellulose that's in there, a lot of fiber that needs to be broken down. And so, doing that with a, a small amount multiple times a day, we'll see that. Um, one of the projects, and I was I was thinking about this as we were talking. One of the projects that was really unique was seeing the actual interaction of bugs in the gut, right? When you're talking six-tenths to eight-tenths of a pound of product going into an animal, that's not a lot, right? Right. And so what we need to get to is looking at how we influence the microbial population in influencing the bugs in the gut. And when you look at it from a standpoint of not being right there and seeing it, it's like, okay, well, she looks okay. What we did, we actually had a, a fistulated animal uh, that we fed um, smartly to, and then another fistulate animal that we just kind of left on her diet. And those two animals, when you pulled ruminal fluid off of those two animals, you saw visually the difference that just a three-quarters of a pound intake of Smartlick products would do for that animal and the gut of the animal. When you look at the differences in microbial populations, there was dang near a 50% increase in microbial populations when they were fed our product. And that was something that was significant. But we also know that there's a very strong relationship to good gut health of the animal. The, an, the animal's going to be in better health. She's going to stay in better condition. That's the point we're trying to get to at the end of the day. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's <clears throat> the name of the game, mm-hmm. right? Is uh, especially, you know, whether you're talking where you live there in central Missouri uh, on some tough conditions with the fescue or the season that we're getting ready to head into here in central Nebraska. And this is really why we wanted to have you on for this episode is because, you know, on my drive over here, there's already cows out on corn stalks. Saw them okay. same cattle. It is, yep. it is the season. Uh, I'm sure everybody has kind of got the itch to get cows moved out uh, to their winter forage um, and how we can maximize that feed source because it is a good one. Absolutely. And it's, it's abundant <clears throat> and it's a great resource for our producers in the area to capitalize on but how can we make it the most efficient make sure we're getting the best return right you know best results for our cow herd right so you know one of the old sayings i worked with a gentleman for a lot of years and, and he called himself the cow pieologist right um that was how he went out and it addressed either issues deficiencies whether that is in a pasture in a stock field in you know, a dry lot, whatever it be. And so that was something that we looked at. So we know that, you know, when we have tough indigestible fibers, uh, forages, haze, whatever you want to call it, they are very difficult to digest. They can't be digested readily. They have to have some additional protein. And so the 
that's where just that component of small amounts of protein throughout the day does a very significant job in helping to improve that rate of passage in that animal. So when you look at, you know, having that, um, having that tub out there consistently, you're giving opportunity not for just one cow, but multiple cows to come in, feed on the tub, go out, continue to graze. And what they're doing, they're constantly feeding that bug, constantly feeding that rumen in the animal to where they will stay in good gut health. They will stay uh, efficient in how they produce, you know, energy. And so why is that important? When you look at cattle, especially out on on stock fields, uh, keeping those cattle in good condition throughout the winter where they're not losing a significant amount of weight as you come into calving season. But also where we want to provide essential nutrition to that animal too, right? And so those are big components. The other component that I look at, you know, going back to your point is in these stock fields is barrel management, right? How these barrels are managed and how they're managed in that stock field where we put those barrels. Because I promise you, we'll go out to that same stock field here 30 days from now. If they don't have protein that has been moved, I can guarantee you one thing. All those stocks around that area where those where that protein source was will be grazed down to nothing. Oh, yeah. Right? So when you think about, you know, in the last few years, we've been in, you know, there's been lots of areas of the country that have been in severe drought. Stock, ground, grazing, distribution, um, pasture management, if you want to call it, stock field management is huge when you're trying to extend that grazing season. We know that cattle will follow this over a mile to where they will start grazing the next morning. That's something that is so important when you look at extending the grazing season, limiting the investment that you have in those cows, or trying to not even limit, but try to reduce the investment that you have in these cows to where you're taking those tubs, putting them in different sections of that stock field, you know, every two weeks, every 16 days, whatever that may be, and seeing where those cattle can graze longer. One, you increase your grazing, uh, over the period of time but secondly look at your manure management you're taking manure from that animal putting it back into that stock field but you're not doing it one spot you're doing it multiple points right that's a question that i get fairly regularly i'd say and even more so you know when grass is starting to dry out and guys aren't ready to pull cows off is how to maximize uh, the forage that they have available right uh, and get cows to graze right. on some areas that they maybe haven't hit as hard. And like you said, tubs are a great piece or, or tool to be able to do Absolutely. that with and get cattle into um, areas that they maybe haven't been or, you know, being able to utilize all the feed stuff that you have. Right. And that's, you know, that's huge. Like, again, going back to our drought, I mean, we're in two years of straight drought. I mean, the forges that we have out there are just, they're terrible. Um, parts of Missouri have gotten some rain, so their, their forages have come back. We're seeing a lot of summer annuals out there. We're seeing a lot of CRP that was put up that was opened up for bailing. Uh, a lot of that's been out there. So that component, we know we've gonna, we're going to have poor quality. We know our forages are going to be of poor quality in certain areas. So capitalizing on how we can make the best of those because they're going to be expensive. I mean, I know Habe down by me is going anywhere from, I've heard, 80 to 120 a bale. Yep. So limiting the amount of expense that we have in that, but also trying to utilize 
protein sources and possibly looking at other lower quality products, uh, lower quality forages is going to be key in keeping that investment low. I guess another thing that, you know, when you're talking about lower quality forage uh, and a concern that, you know, I've had raised to me is, you know, the issue of potentially overeating. They're not getting a good diet or maybe you're putting out a wheat straw bale every Mm -hmm. other day to try to stretch what feed Mm -hmm. stuffs you have. You know, guys might be concerned about them just hammering that tub and eating a pound and a half, two pounds a day. What can you say to that point uh, as far as, you know, the way your tubs are designed or your perspective on the advantage there in in those scenarios? So I I think that's a fair point. That's a fair question. Obviously, diet has a lot to do with intake, but also quality of product also has a lot to do with intake. So what we can expect typically on low-quality diets, um, their base diet is what drives it, right? <laughs> you know, you can't take a, a, a low-quality forage and turn it to 20% or turn it to 18% with a TDN of 70 or 72. It doesn't happen, right? But you can take that, that 8% protein, 9% protein, hay of whatever, and what drives that cow to eat more of that is going to be that protein that she's getting. And now, when I target a protein, our, our target intakes are going to be in anywhere from six to nine tenths of a pound, right? We always say three quarters of a pound, but we know that bigger cows are going to eat some a, a little bit more of our product. But diet has a lot to do with that as well. So when you look at what consumption would be on a, on low quality diet, I always say I think it's realistic to expect three quarters to nine tenths of a pound. Um, and that has to do with how we manufacture our technology and what we're doing from a manufacturing and trying to eliminate as much moisture because that's what is going to increase the intakes is, you know, higher moisture content in our products. That's why we call it a low moisture block. Higher moisture content, higher water is going to increase that intake. I think that's what you're trying to get to on that. So when we go through our manufacturing process, it's a it's a big part of getting as much moisture out when we have a finished product of around three to four percent moisture right that's where we're shooting for and that's what keeps our intakes consistent not where it's anywhere from a quarter to a pound and a half to two pounds doesn't it's that's where the inconsistencies take place and that's where i made that comment right when we hopped on or after you introduced yourself is i've used a lot of products uh over the course of the last 15 years Mm Uh, and with my own cows, I've been as happy with the new gen lineup and their process and the consistency of the bake right? or of the cook right? has been the best we've seen. Uh, and we roll through a lot of loads uh, in my location in particular. And I can't think of a time where I've had an issue getting a soft, a soft palate or a That's soft great. set of tubs yeah. in, right? That yeah. is to me a huge testament to the science in the process that you guys use and kind of your dedication to making sure that the product is what it, what you say it is. Right. Um, the other thing when we talk about consumption and moisture content that we've talked about before, uh, and I talk about with producers is your stocking rate per tub. Right. Can greatly impact. Absolutely. Uh, the consumption of those tubs. And why is that? Well, obviously, you have competition for surface area. And so when you put fewer cattle on a tub, you can expect the increase in intakes because there is no competition. I'd say, I, I use this analogy a lot. I've got a 12-year-old kid. He eats like a horse. 
but you put a bowl of candy in front of him and he's going to be eating the thing in 20 minutes. It's going to be gone. Heck, probably 10 minutes. You put three or four of those kids in front of that, there's competition, right? Some kids are going to get bored. They're going to get be like, I'm, not, I'm going somewhere else. Get away. So they're going to not eat it. But they'll come back to eat it later because there's going to be some left. And that's very similar when you look at surface area management of a tub with cattle. So um, the rule of thumb is 20 head, right? That's where we're shooting for. When you put 35 to 40 head on there, you can expect lower consumption. There's more competition. You can also make the assumption that some cattle may not be getting as much as they should because there's too much competition. seems like for us that sweet spot is in between 15 to 25 is what our tag says, and I'm always, I'm, you know, terrible at math, so I say 20. Sounds good to me, right? <laughs> That's easy enough. It's fun because this question and conversation, I feel like, really connects the dots from kind of our first episode, um, talking about weaning season with using tubs there, and now mm-hmm. talking about using them as a winter source for cows. Yeah. And I guess even as we talk about under eating or overeating and 20 head per tub, what's like some good tips and tricks if... I'm a producer. I have 100 cows on corn stalks. I should place five tubs out there. But, Shay, where should I put them or how far apart should I put them? Yeah, or, yeah it's uh, a great, great question. So there. there's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's really never a science to it, right? But I always say, you know, get them acclimated at first. If they haven't had tubs at all during summer and you guys have been in areas have been blessed with lots of forage, good quality yeah. forage. Uh, if tubs haven't been a part of that program, then I would say, you know, put them somewhat close to the water source or somewhere where they're accessible they can get in there and then as you get that consumption up as they get used to having them let's take them to other sections yeah. of that uh, stock field that's going to improve that that distribution of grazing like we talked about improve that manure management but when you first start let's get them acclimated to it if they haven't had them before if they've had them i promise you one thing when they hit that stock field the one the, we know that they'll go to the corn that's mm-hmm. the first thing they go to then they go start going leaves and husks and then stalks well, a tub, especially a, a low-moisture tub, molasses base, they're going to like that. They're going to go to that consistently. And so that's a part of the program that you have to have yeah. incorporated into it to digest all that indigestible lignin, high-fiber forage types. Cool. Yeah. And then should I – so should I keep them just like 10 foot apart or should I – you know, how far should I space out those tubs? I tried to tell guys, put them as far apart as you know is comfortable for the cattle to yeah. access it. Right. If it's that sweet spot is, you know, typically you look at a pasture and sometimes those things will be 10 feet apart, 20 feet apart. They'll be right on top of each other. Yeah. Um, I always want cattle to have access. So I say like two cow body lengths, yeah. right, which is yep. 15 feet, approximately 10 feet. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I think um, as we get into that, too, a common question, you know, guys are like, OK, what about when I go to move them off stocks and there's still stuff in that tub? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to move them. Or I think you you have a fun item there in front of you, too, that yeah. um, we'd love to know some kind of new things that are happening. Sure. With new gen. Sure. So, um, oh, here recently we were able to get access to a biodegradable tub. And uh, this is something that I think a lot of our producers have been interested in and been asking for. Yeah. Um, it's something that is definitely um, needed in the industry. It's something that we've looked at um, extensively in trying to find, you know, a source, you know, something that would, you know, fit in that niche. And it is, I mean, it is something that is definitely needed. Um, as manufacturing costs have increased over the years and, and as we've seen more um, – 
costs associated with energy output, uh, labor. Um, those are all costs associated with our products as well. Yep. We know that we reuse the metal tubs. You know that that, that metal barrel is, is reusable, but it takes a fair amount of cost. Mm-hmm. takes a fair amount of energy to clean it and disinfect it properly. And so having a biodegradable option is going to be uh, just another opportunity for us to go and, and work with producers that aren't comfortable with having plastic or metal sitting around their farm. And so that's something that our company had had uh, finally have has a great access to, and it's been very well accepted. Uh, we know that the product's going to degrade down as a cow's lick on it. Um, there's some there's a wax treatment on the outside, which is called Moisture Guard, and it's supposed to help with that water retention, keeping water off of it. Um, it's a food grade uh, option, so um, it's very accessible to the animals. Uh, it's not something we see is going to be deterrent. Um, but it's something we feel also is going to be fairly stable, especially in these high plain areas uh, where, you know, moisture, humidity, and, yep. and it's not as a, a key component as what you would see further in the southern plains. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And um, I'm sure excited. I've had a lot of customers ask, and I know last year, Shay, we had had a great <laughs> conversation about it, and now it's come to fruition, mm-hmm. so that's pretty exciting. And I think another fun question I think of, um, we haven't really talked a whole lot about is, your guys' metal tubs and um you know it's super nice because the producer knows that we're gonna come get them out of there you know no they're not gonna have a pile of plastics but i guess is there any benefits or have you guys seen between the plastic versus the metal tubs or yeah so when you look at the management of using metal i mean i think you know from a a warehousing standpoint if a rancher's taking a, a direct load he can stack metal three ton high comfortably yeah right that's a huge thing so storage is one <clears throat> the other thing too is that y'all up here in the northern plains tend to get a little bit of wind mm-hmm. right um that seems that seems to be a pretty consistent thing especially during winter spring and so when you have a metal barrel out there that metal barrel once it's set it pretty mm-hmm. much stays there for the entire duration of the feeding and so that's another advantage but with the plastic they don't have to return them they yep. don't have to bring them back to the facility. They don't have to, you know, make sure they don't run over it with the flatbed or the brush hog or the tractor, yep. right? Because if that happens, they're non-returnable at that point. Yep. Um, but that's something that there's there's pros and cons to both, and we know that. Um, but, the you know, there's, there's certain preferences that people want, and that's why we have options. Yeah, lots of options <clears throat> to meet a variety of needs. Correct, yep, yep. Let's talk just a little bit about um, – the partnership between our two companies. You betcha. Right. Uh, I, like I said uh, a couple times already, uh, am a big fan of the Smart Lick lineup. Um, we've got a great relationship with your company and, and utilizing your products, uh, but we've kind of taken that a step further here in the last year mm-hmm. uh, with our partnership, and you're actually now manufacturing our private label line Correct. as well, right? Um, that's been really fun for us um, to be a part of. Uh, working on that project with you guys, and we've been really happy with what we've seen. Uh, we've done some new things in formulation and bringing out some new options, and, you know, we've got the range um, from stress tubs to protein tubs to mineral tubs, and we actually just came out with a new high-energy mm-hmm. tub that I think our first load dropped here uh, last week. Last week, yeah. um, That I know our team is awfully excited about, so... Um, you know, we continue to carry both lines, both yours and ours. And really the big reason um, for us, and I guess part of this partnership of ours, goes back before 
any of our time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you talk just a little bit about that, or you know, when I when I first came into the territory, I I, I took it over from a gentleman that had been here for a lot of years. I mean, he was one of the first pioneers, you know, in our company. So he did a great job of, of developing those relationships with the people at Aurora and the dealers that you guys service as well. And so when I came in, it was like, okay, the groundwork's been done. Don't screw it up. Right. You know? <laughs> um, so when I, had, when I did that, those were things that I think internally we were, we were talking about and you guys were doing business on the private label side from another manufacturer, which understandably, right. It wasn't something that was on our radar, but as time has gone through and we know that there's a segment, especially when you, you are developing the allied nutrition brand and looking at um, relaunching or, or repurposing or however you want to call it, rebranding that whole line, that's that's a thing that says, okay, I saw the value with you guys that you wanted to put value on quality, you wanted consistency, you wanted something that was going to be well-received out there in the ranching community and, you know, show lines, you know, commercial feed lines, but also something you could be dependent upon as a partner. And so, um, we had those talks here a couple, what was it last year, I think, or even the year before about, Hey, what does this look like going forward? And, uh, it was something that, um, you guys really, um, provided us with the information that we needed to develop those lines. Uh, you had those products and I, and it's, it's funny, you know, you talk about, you know, we're selling, you guys are selling smart, like new gen supplements, but you're also selling your products. There's very little carryover between those two lines right there's very little similarity between those two lines you talk about that high fat product um we don't have something like that we have our flax line that's great for reproduction it's high in omega-3 fats that's not what you guys have you have a higher energy line and that's what's great about this relationship it complements it i think you've been happy with the support you're getting from the manufacturing end and you know you guys are have been doing great as far as um promoting the allied nutrition brand but also promoting the smart look line of products so absolutely and you know when we're talking about uh the two product lines and our mission to grow as a company and build out our dealer network um we have some limitations uh with our current agreement on the the smart look side and that's really where we're hoping that this private label that is still manufactured by new gen uh gives us the same kind of quality that right. we can stretch outside of our bounds uh, that we are in with the SmartLick product. And to me, uh, a great kind of one-two punch to be able to have the full buffet of any option right. that somebody could want, right? right? You yep. know, we've got those, the products, uh, regardless of which line they might come out of, uh, at our fingertips and have access to them. Uh, it's been really great to work with you guys because we can do split loads, right? Right. We don't have to take full loads right. of one or the other. And uh, the flexibility of that has been really, really nice for us as well. And you hit on it just a little bit and we don't want to get too far uh, into it, but our new show tubs uh, that we rolled out here this past winter, we've seen great success with. Good. And, uh, yeah. That was something that was so unique. Cause I mean, we had talked about, you know, as a company, as new generation supplements had talked about, you know, developing show lines. And that was like the first thing that you guys wanted to do right out of the gate. It was like, we don't care about the other stuff. Let's get the show products in here. And that was a push, right? That was something I was like, okay, let's see what, let's see what kind of things that they can develop. And that was cool because that was something that, um, 
you guys are very focused in on the show side of, of the of the business, and that's something I think is really unique. And you guys have done a lot of legwork to get that business up and going and doing clinics and doing things like that. Well, now you have a tub to complement that and talk about it. And I, I'm lucky because I just get to make it, right? We just get to see the, the results of the product. But you guys are out there seeing the results of the product in the real form. And so that's that was pretty cool to, to see initially was – how development of that product line came about and it was something you guys spearheaded you bet you know the one thing that i really wanted to to hit on i guess here uh, with you is you've got a wide range of products a wide range of formulations you and i i think are on the same page Uh, we've talked about this a lot like i said we've spent a lot of hours in a vehicle (laughs) with each other going up and down the road but if you had to pick out one product line that you guys manufacture and under the smart lick umbrella that sets you apart or that you think is kind of your staple that you can really hang your hat on is, you know, we did this. What is that? Flax lick, right? I mean, that's, that's the one that we, that we know has success immediately. Um, does it happen in all operations? No, but does it, is the opportunity there? Absolutely. But you look at our flax lineup. I mean, initially, I think it was 2007, 2008, maybe 2006. When it was when it was launched, it was one tub, one skew, one product. And it was a 12% protein, 15% fat, right? Today, I can't I, – I bet you we probably have dang near 10 products within our flax lineup, not to mention multiple customs right. that go directly to the ranch that – the ranchers are buying because they know the value of flax. Like they see, you know, the results of it, but maybe there's a tweak, maybe there's an add in, maybe there's something they want to add on top of. Um, and so it's something that we have really, we've really continued to grow that lineup. There's so many applications, uh, breeding, uh, weaning, stress, <laughs> heifer development, second calf heifer development, bull development, uh, reconditioning bulls coming in for to get weight put on uh, high protein high fat you know what is it I mean those are all different applications that we've seen in our product line of flax lick and we've incorporated the omega-3 facts into the horse line as well and seeing some huge breeding benefits so you know you look at the breeding side of it and we see that uh, flax lick you know on bulls that have lower quality semen that you can see expect higher normal sperm counts on bulls heifers in particular you look at heifers for breeding trying to develop those heifers k-state showed us that we had a seven percent improvement in feed efficiency on the bull side that we did with with uh, leo mcdonald up at midland bull test we had a 14 percent improvement in feed efficiency those are huge in today's world and we're going to see some heifers being developed especially in the next two years because we have called down this cow herd so hard. And so those are things when you look at a, a product to position for the future. What, what, are, what am I doing to help grow that? What am I doing to help those producers understand what the benefits of feeding flax are? That's it. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Uh, it's something that, like you said, we've talked a lot about, and we've talked, you and I together, with multiple different people about uh, the advantages and maybe how they can even use it in – their specific operations that are doing some things besides just raising commercial cows. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of applications, like you said, and it's something that, you know, on our end that we've seen people that have really given it a go 
and genuinely mm-hmm. tried mm-hmm. keep coming back. Yeah, they do. Right? Uh, yeah, they do. And the high cost of the product is one thing, but you see the net return, right? When you see that return, when you're when you're calving out five percent more cows, when those heifers are getting developed quicker, they look better. They're breeding back. Second calvers, I I I still I promote it for the weaning pen um, or receiving pen up in these parts, right? That's a huge benefit. Having a high-fat product, something to give those cattle energy when they're coming into the receiving pen. But also, <laughs> you know, you put it, if, if this is a weaning pen, you got 120 calves and they're out on licking on flax, that high-fat, that omega-3 fat, which is anti-inflammatory in nature that we know, the, the health improvement that we see in those calves, right, the improved health status of those animals, but also you put it on there for 60 days, those cattle are going to look really good. Those right. cattle are going to really right. bloom out. And so when those guys go to sell them at the barn, man, it's just like, wow, they pop. And so those are things. I, again, applications are really endless. That's something that I, I like to sell, you know, multiple ways, um, not just in not, not being one-dimensional. That product really has multiple uh, applications, and that's that's how we've always positioned it. Shay, it's been so fun to get to talk to you. You know, we got on to talk about some winter supplements, yeah. but definitely just the products that New Generation has to offer and the partnership that we've created is really diverse and just yes, endless, like you just said. And um, I think before we wrap up here today, if you have, do you have any final thoughts that you'd love to leave with our listeners? You know, I, as we get into winter time, those are, you know, those are times to, yeah. to that really make up the program. Um, you know, decisions right now are being made on the farm for protein supplementation going in the winter. But also, I think what to look out for is what comes next spring. Mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to get her bred back? You know, last year there was a lot of parts of the northern country that really were struggling with winter. Yep. Uh, a lot of snow, a lot of cold. And we know that um, we know that it came at a time where, you know, calves are hitting the ground. It was time to time to start putting condition on these animals and they just didn't get it and that's mother nature at its finest right she's going to be the ultimate bear to tell us how we're going to manage um think about those going into this winter um if our program fits into your outfit if it pro- fits into your business if it fits into your ranch we'd love to have an opportunity to come earn it um business is earned it's not just given away right yep. and that's where we that's where we as a company value those those relationships you know, there's there's programs out there today that we're offering. If you're, if anybody's interested, please feel free to reach out to any of our distributors, distributor reps, customers, or us directly. Uh, you can find us at, on the website at www.smartlec.com. Uh, information pages are there, information to get a hold of reps, but also partners like Aurora Co-op and Allied Nutrition. Those guys are huge resources for us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shay, and we look forward to continuing to grow our partnership with New Generations. Yes, ma'am, I agree. Absolutely. Thanks. Well, thanks again, Shay. It's uh, been a pleasure to have you on to visit with us today. And, uh, you know, I think we covered a lot of great topics there. And, you know, as we kind of get ready to uh, round up our episode here, I just want to take a chance to let all of our listeners know to reach out to their local Allied Nutrition rep. Uh, in your area and visit with them about the tub promotion we have running now through November 6th. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to be able to save a little bit on those winter supplementation needs. You can visit with them about the wide array of options we have and, and which may best fit your scenario and your operation uh, and how you can utilize them to 
like we talk, you know, always make your cow herd as efficient as possible and get them set up for success heading into next spring when calving comes back around. Yeah, and if you have any questions on who may be the closest specialist to you, we'll just throw out there, check out feedalliednutrition.com. Go to the dealer locator and you will find a direct contact to a location nearest you. And we really, if you have questions on who that might be, go to About Us and find our team members there. They're super happy to help you find product or put you in contact with someone that is very close and local to you to help you get that product to your hands. So we're excited about that platform and the resources that it can provide. So be sure to check out again, feedalliednutrition.com. And we look forward to serving you in multiple capacities with that. Until next time with the Allied Advantage. Thank you for joining us on the Allied Advantage, brought to you by Allied Nutrition. Tune in every second and fourth Thursday of the month and stay up to date with your partner in production and success. The Allied Advantage.